Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Today is the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. Did you know that? It's a time to reflect on the global issues of oppression and injustice against women and a time too for considering the dreadful reality of domestic violence. It's an issue churches have been accused of doing too little about and even of being tone deaf on. Perhaps even worse than that, you might recall Julia Baird at uh, The Drum, the author and um, researcher, Dr Julia Baird, um, released some challenging articles saying that sometimes teaching, especially in churches that have a strong headship doctrine, sometimes that asks women to stay in abusive relationships, either overtly or subtly, when the best thing to do is for them to seek safety. So has the church missed an opportunity. I think maybe it has. Today at Mass, Australian Catholics will have heard for the first time a message from their bishops about violence against women for the first time. Now, Australian statistics show that on average at least one woman dies a violent death at the hands of a current or former partner every week. One a week. Australian Catholic Church leaders, the bishops, are backing Pope Francis's condemnation of domestic violence and they're encouraging Catholics to help eradicate violence against women, uh, which claims these dozens of lies a year. This is what um, Patricia Madigan said. She's the chair of the Council for Australian Catholic Women. I'm appalled by the impact of domestic violence on so many women's lives and on the lives of their families. Well, Dr. Uh, Patricia Madigan and I had a conversation during the week. Thank you very much. And on this day where we recognise the need to eliminate violence against women, uh, what do you say the church can do more? Yes, I I think uh, even though the uh, Catholic Church, of which I'm a part, uh, is learning fast and is trying to do more and becoming more aware about the issue of violence against women, I don't think that it's always been so aware and in the past perhaps it hasn't taken the issue all that seriously but I I think that's changing and uh, I think the fact that on this day the Catholic bishops were happy to make a statement uh, on the issue because they were asked to by the Council for Australian Catholic Women Hmm. uh, I think that's a a very positive sign and uh, and I do think that they are working hard to understand some of the issues around that issue of violence against women. Well, the Council for Australian Catholic Women, of which you're the chair, um, is part of the Bishops' Conference and it provides advice to the bishops on matters like this. So that's that's just filling in the gaps for people that are not aware of that background. When you said a moment ago that you didn't think the church was as aware as it should be, um, I'm prompted to say um, I don't think the Catholic Church is alone in that, but doesn't that represent something of a... Well, I'm going to say indictment. Uh, yes, I, I suppose it is in one way. Uh, I think the general, the wider community has been uh, more aware of this problem for a very long time. And sometimes at the institutional level, uh, it's harder for uh, those institutional structures to, to really take on these messages that sometimes people at the grassroots have their real awareness of these issues. So I think if we look back into history into the last, say, couple of decades, we'd probably find that there weren't a lot of statements about violence against women or a lot of awareness uh, about the issue. Uh, but I think now that's changing. And, well, statements uh, are one thing, but surely in pastoral yeah, no, statements are, are important. But surely in pastoral care, uh, members of the church have been aware of the very widespread problem. Uh, 
I think so. At, at, uh, at the more pastoral level of the church, especially um, uh, Catholic care and issues around those kind of institutional structures, uh, I think people at that level have been very aware for quite a long time. But I think sometimes the nature of institutions is that sometimes the, the information that people have at the grassroots takes a while to go up through the structures to the people who might be making decisions and uh, making statements at, at, the, uh, at another level. So I just think it takes a while sometimes. Is there something else that might be at play there as well without wishing to cause offence? Is it possible that, as we saw in the Royal Commission, uh, there was a tone deafness to some issues? Oh yes, I think that's been a part of it too. And uh, I think that the one of the effects of the Royal Commission is that... Uh, Churches, Catholic churches, is looking uh, much more uh, openness, much more uh, sensitivity, and uh, starting to become much more aware of of issues. There was a sort of a, a tone deafness, I think, to a whole lot of issues co- connected around the treatment mm. of um, uh, children, of women, and so on. So that I think that uh, this is changing under the impact of the Royal Commission. Gosh, it's certainly to be hoped. Now, we're using the rather euphemistic phrase, issues. So what are the messages? What are the issues? What does the church need to know? Mm-hmm. I think one of the issues uh, affecting a number of groups in society is the, pow- is the powerlessness. Uh, you know, often we hear in issues of around domestic violence of the powerlessness of women to remove themselves from the situation or to be heard and to deal with the situation. The same thing uh, with children too, also in those uh, instances. So that I think that one of the issues is about recognising uh, people's equality in society and have, having a voice in society and, and I think that's probably one area that the churches also need to improve on. What about in the nature of um, how the church uh, gives advice to either, either explicitly or implicitly to women in a domestic violence situation with regard to their uh, responsibilities, so-called, to stay with their husband. Now, I say this in the context that Julia Baird, the, the journalist and uh, commentator, raised this issue earlier this year, or maybe about a year ago, that she felt that the church was often saying women should stay with their husbands, that this comes from that idea that women are uh, subject to their husbands. I think the Catholic Church hasn't really got a doctrine of headship, male headship as as some other churches do have. Yes. But at the same time, if you look at the way the church is structured, there are very few women at the higher levels of decision-making and governance in the church. Yes. And this, this does have an effect on how people see women and, and children, of course, are particularly powerless, powerless. So I think it's not only what you teach doctrinally, it's how you act and how you are seen to be in the community. And I think that's where perhaps women suffer both. Um, Often they are not in positions where they have voice or have any kind of uh, decision-making input, and that does impact on how they are treated in the wider society and in the church. Wow. Our guest on Open House is Dr Trish Madigan, uh, the chair of the Council for Australian Catholic Women and also a member of the leadership team of the Dominican Sisters of Eastern Australia. Well, talk to me about the experience of women in the Catholic Church. What's it like to be a religious in the Catholic Church today? And, and yes. indeed, um, are, are young women entering into that sort of life? 
Uh, no, I think they're not entering into religious life, the, the formal structures of religious life that we are, being, are used to. Hmm. I think on the whole, though, the Catholic Church has a very vibrant theology about mission and about the importance of activity and showing uh, that you're uh, putting your work, your beliefs into a missionary activity. So that I, I think that the church can be a good place for women. There are spaces where women can get together and have a quite a big in, impact. Um, there's, there's some very good spaces for women in the Catholic community and in the Catholic church. So it's just their absence from some of those uh, decision-making bodies and, and uh, those are areas that I think perhaps more could be done. And um, in terms of... Uh, Young women, I think young women are getting together. They're uh, action, active in uh, a whole lot of social justice areas. They're, ho they're going out into the community, making a difference in social justice issues, climate change, working with the poor and uh, helping people in various ways. So I think that Catholic women and young women are finding their place in the church and finding their place in society and making a difference. And that's the really important thing. Mm. The, the, one of the outcomes of the Royal Commission was a recommendation that the Catholic Church think again about the celibacy uh, um, requirement, and I know that that one has been flicked past to Rome. Um, what, uh, what's your view about that in this context where we're talking about what you've named as a lack of understanding about domestic violence and other issues relating to women? Yes. Oh, well, I think celibacy has been a, an important value in the Catholic Church right from the beginning. Uh, I think the prob real problems might come when uh, celibacy is enforced, so that maybe that, that's the area that the Church has really got to look at, is perhaps if uh, celibacy is chosen freely and joyfully, it can be a very a positive and rich experience for the people involved and for the Church. But when it's enforced uh, into some certain structures of the Church, uh, I think that's pr probably what it needs to be looked at. So I don't see celibacy itself as, as a problem. I think it's a choice and it's mm. um, a way of life that can be very rich and fulfilling, but mm. it's, it's not for everyone. It has to be free freely chosen. But do you think uh, that the fact that, as you've said, most of the power structure, and certainly the whole priestly structure um, and the bishop structure, all of the power structures within the church, if I could use that, that phrase, advisedly under God, nonetheless they are men without partners. Does that yeah, mean, so is that a reason the church is, as you've said, tone deaf? I'm sure if the, uh, if the yes, I, I'm sure it's part of it. So that I think this is one of the issues that's come out of the Royal Commission that the church is taking seriously and needs to take seriously. And I, I think um, at a leadership level, I think diversity is an important thing. We must have yes. diverse backgrounds, people of diverse ethnic backgrounds and so on. So diversity adds to the richness of leadership in a church or any group. And I think that that's what we need to really look at. Wow. Well, that has been a really interesting conversation. Thank you very much for um, opening up to us and for, and for your time this evening. All right. Thank you very much, Stephen. Dr. Trish Madigan, she is um, with the Dominican Sisters, the chair of that council that advises the bishops, the Catholic bishops, on women's issues. And some pretty frank talking, uh, I think. Very interesting to hear her point of view that the church is tone deaf sometimes to issues of women. And if that's the case, if, is that related to the the traditional uh, power structures within decision-making structures within the church, the Catholic Church, being in the hands 
for the most part, apart from some of the orders, being in the hands of unmarried men? Gosh, there's a lot to think about, isn't there? Times are changing, and that was a recommendation of the Royal Commission that the Church consider that issue of celibacy. And as I said to Trish, it's just gone straight to Rome, where I think it'll probably sit for quite some time. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.